Hey guys, it's Andrea, and welcome to Trekkie and Beyond. This season, we are hanging out in the lower decks. Are you excited to see what shenanigans they get up to? Because we are. So stick around and enjoy. Hi, it's Monika. So by now, you know that I really like first contact stories with lots of drama. So I have a book recommendation for you. Check out the Ancient Illumination Space Opera, which takes place right here in the Milky Way. The series starts with beings of light who came to Earth 68,000 years ago to teach mankind. Man mutates into various races who fight about their differences. There are stone warriors, walking jewels, descendants of Atlantis, and many more. The mutants band together to find the ancient being of light and the journey leads to a galactic civil war. Check out the Ancient Illumination series available on ancientillumination.net and where all great books are sold. Oh, welcome to Trek and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Manika. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to episode nine, because I know my numbers, of season four of Lower Decks. This episode is called The Inner Fight. Should be called rerun because that's what it felt like for some parts. <laughs> but Captain Freeman assigns the lower our lower deckers um, to an overly safe mission to keep her daughter out of trouble, while she, Shax, and Rutherford go on their mission of their own. Where we have to wonder: Are you just being a little overconfident, or do you truly understand what's going on? Because I didn't. So let's go into it. Monica, initial thoughts: What did you think? I was shaking my head throughout this episode, saying either shaking my head and saying arg, arg. <laughs> I I'll start with the the positives here. I'm so glad that Tillen is back. Uh, we missed her over the last two or so episodes, um, and it's nice to see her Vulcan nerve pinch, her just her logic. Um, I think she helped ground that away mission <laughs> where Mariner was located. Um, and then uh, the cons. This seems like it's all about Mariner, mostly. It's focused on Mariner, and she's suffering with survivor's guilt. And once again, they need a counselor to talk things out. So um, I, I know that's an issue, and it's face. I just like a little bit more action. <laughs> and um, maybe we'll see that in the finale, because this was to be continued. What do you think about the episode overall? Um, so I have to say in the first half, they had me in the first half, not gonna lie. What is that fam- that famous little joke? You had me in the first half, not gonna lie. I was really pissed off with Captain Freeman. I was like, what are we doing? What is going on? What is, what is happening? Like, who are you? When, during her mission, I was very annoyed. Um, and then thankfully I was surprised and thankfully it was a good ending. So I was like, all right, yay for her story. For Mariner, I think I've mentioned this either last episode, the episode before last, pick a lane and live in it. If Mariner is always going to be off the rails, let her always be off the rails. Don't try to teach her. Don't ever have a come to Jesus moment with her. If she is going to have her come to Jesus moment, let it stick. Because this going back and forth of having a come to Jesus moment and then like forgetting everything about this come to Jesus moment. And there's always a new reason of why you're having this come to Jesus moment. It's like you're ruining the character. You're right. ruining her because just pick a lane and live in it. If she is going to be the badass who never listens and does whatever she wants, let her be that person. And I will enjoy her for what she is because we know what we are supposed to expect. 
But if she is ever supposed to learn a lesson, let her learn the lesson. Just let her learn it, okay? <laughs> because it's showing that she's very immature, that she can never stick to anything that she's learned if she does if it doesn't fit whatever whatever monicum or whatever episode, whatever she's going through. We see it from episode one with her best friend. We saw it in episode two. We saw it in episode three. And every single time we think we she's learned her lesson and then she goes back to being off the rails and being crazy. It's one thing to be off the rails and knowing what you're doing, but like pick a lane and live in it. Just pick a lane and live in it. Um, That is my... <laughs> That is my initial reaction about this episode because I think I texted you. So um, side note, behind the scenes, Monique and I don't ever actually talk about these episodes until we record. So like, it's very rare that like we will text each other like, oh my God, did you see this episode? Because you really want the reactions that you guys are getting to be the true reaction that we're both seeing for the first time. And I texted her, I was like, I cannot stand this. <laughs> like, I was like, she's pissing me off 10 minutes in. <laughs> and Monique did the right thing. She just sent me like a little smiley face, like, uh, like, yeah, let's keep watching. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, this is one of those episodes where I texted her and was just like, I know. <laughs> And that doesn't happen very often because we truly want like the reaction we have with each other to be the real reaction. So when we have to text each other, that doesn't mean it's a good thing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's like, oh my God, this episode was amazing. And that's what we leave it at. <laughs> and then after my rewatch, because I was hoping I could find out more, I sent you a text with um, a gentleman with his hands folded across his chest. <laughs> That's the way I was feeling. <laughs> it didn't get much better after rewatch. Yeah. So, okay. Behind the scenes is over. Back to the episode. <laughs> so going into a deeper dive of this episode, um, this is the first part of a part two episode that is basically the culmination of this entire season's mystery. Um, we are seeing that... Um, we are we are learning more that more uh, non every shift that's been taken has been a non federation ship. We've learned that, um, but it's it's also been some higher ups from the federation have been taken, not the ships, just the people. Um, and in the effort of keeping Mariner from going off the rails, like she did in the little opening sequence, those little bird thingies, they give her a fake a fake dangerous mission of going over. Um, a weather buoy to see what's going on while Captain Freeman and her team go on the real mission of trying to locate a missing officer to like keep them safe. So simple mission. And so, you know, uh, um, not Taylor. And so Tendi says like, oh wait, no, this buoy has been tampered with. Something else is going on. And then we see Klingons in the background. And then we see that on this planet that no one inhabits because of all these storms are the, some of the members, not all of the members, of the different ships that have gone missing. And we only see the leaders of those ships on um, the planet, not any of the not any of the crew members, because it was said that a secret had been like passed around. And now they are forced to uh, they did a mutiny and they left and they turned off all their comms. So that makes you think, okay, are these ships not missing anymore or, or are they still missing? It was um Mariner's story was a little a lot, a lot of little things thrown together. Um, but we see her have a come to Jesus moment in this episode. And I think hopefully, knock on wood, beating a dead horse, that this one sticks. 
And we learn that the reason she is the way that she is because she has a little bit of a survivor's guilt when it comes to one of her friends. Um, and it's uh, Cito, S-I-T-O. Yeah. Yes. Um, and she died. And that caused Mariner to like never want to be more, never wanted to be higher than where her friend was, which you couldn't have figured this out in therapy a couple years ago. Like no shade, no like never to like whitewash someone's pain. But like if this was the answer all along, why not tell people that? Like what was, why, like, uh, why? <laughs> Your thoughts on Mariner's storyline up until the end before we get to the end part. Sure. I want to just talk about Cito for a bit. I think I would care more if I previously met Cito somewhere in the last four seasons. If it was the female that she went to the academy with that was also a captain, and we saw that in one of the episodes where she um, was with the therapist, where we dealt we saw that rapport and we saw mm -hmm. that relationship between them, then it would have more meaning to me, but because they introduce a character right as there's this coming to Jesus moment or right as this, there's this awakening, it didn't have as good of a solid landing. I think. What do you think about that part? So I have to say that I, so I never heard that character's name before. And so I looked it up. Yeah. And apparently, I think so according to like Memory Alpha, because this is where I looked I looked it up on, the character is not actually dead. So like I'm confused. I will say I'm a little confused about that because from what I looked up about this character, because I was like, well, there has to be some version, like there has to be something about this character somewhere. And I like everything she said about um, everything Mariner said about her being with the Cardassians, her like being she didn't sign up to be a spy and all these things. From that, it said that she wasn't dead. I didn't see that she was alive or like the last little entry said that she was still on Enterprise, unless that was a lie. No, I think we'll find out more next episode. <laughs> I think Mariner thinks that she's dead, and uh, we'll find out. Okay, because I was just like, uh, <laughs> she's not dead. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, there has to be like a, there has to be something about this woman somewhere. And I was like, oh, she's still alive, man. Oh, and absolutely. And she was in another Star Trek uh, show. She was yeah. in a uh, Next Generation, but but here. We I didn't see like a connection like we see with Talyn, which is a new character they introduced, like dived in deeper this season, and we see that they have bonded a lot, right? So and they share, um, they've gone on journeys together. If mm -hmm. I've seen that previously with Cito, I think I would I would start to feel more of Mariner's the the why this is. Why this is a sensitive subject now compared to before and all the other times she's gone through this. This whole, yeah. should I be in this position? I don't really want a promotion and like all this flakiness. I need I need more of an answer now and why this is different than before. 
Okay, so I just re- did a quick little search again, and um, apparently her status is reported KIA. I missed that my first time around. I am sorry. I apologize. So I guess her status is KIA, killed in action. But it doesn't say dead. It just says killed right. in action. So wonderings are wondering. Um, but it's also, I think it's interesting that Mariner had her come to Jesus moment with so, like, all her other come to Jesus moments have been with a friend. And it's so, and, like, people you were supposed to be able to be vulnerable with. You know, people you were supposed to be able to talk to and have a deep, meaningful conversation with because your friends are not supposed to judge you. They're supposed to keep your secrets and you're supposed to be like, oh, my gosh, come tell me. I love you. Hugs. Ha, 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 ha. Like, it's okay. And we see that Mariner's come to Jesus moment was with a Klingon who she wanted, who was trying to kill each other. And it, it's interesting that her most vulnerable time with her come to Jesus moment, because if this is the real one, if this is the one that truly caused her, causes her to act the way that she does, it's very interesting that she had it with someone who was not someone she could technically, quote unquote, trust, who should not have been a friend, who was not a friend who would have respected her like secrets and understood and helped her. It was actually someone who was like, okay, and? Like, it was someone who gave her the tough love instead of being supportive and understanding, which I think sometimes that doesn't always work. But for for Mariner, it could not have been someone who was on her side. It had to be someone who was just like, you are disgracing your friend's friend's memory. Like, she dies, so you're just going to be rebellious, so you never, like, who asked you to do this? So I thought that was very interesting that it wasn't a friend who told her to get your mind straight. It was her enemy was like, you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so really quick, it's hard to tell who is really dead because anyone can come back, right? So, um, and especially if she's a captain, then Cito is a captain, then, you know, she has like nine lives. So. <laughs> Uh, but it seems as though Mariner's able to share this kind of um, decompress with people that she feels so at, at her level. Um, and so this Klingon is assertive um, mm-hmm. and is also not threatening in the Star Trek realm, like doesn't know her mom, doesn't know her her family's connected to ambassadors. Her father's a, a captain, an ambassador. No. Admiral. Admiral. And then um, doesn't know as much about it and that she's able to kind of vent, um, Mm -hmm. but still feel fairly safe that they're not going to like, I think, rat her out or something like that. But that this person is um, aggressive as well at at that level that she's at right now. That's true. She's her, sometimes you need the truth like yelled at you instead of comforted. Sometimes you need to see someone just to shake the truth into you. Right. One more thing. Um, in those scenes, she had bags under her eyes. She didn't sleep a lot because she woke up early because she wanted to venture out on her own to this dangerous part on this strange planet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe she also wasn't 100%. It also goes to show that like people's reactions to stuff or like their way they act out doesn't always make sense because you would think that if you are trying to avoid like 
at like being a general and fighting in a war, which yes, it is true. You sign up to Starfleet to study science, not to be a general, not to send my friends to die, not to do any of those things. That those are very true, valid reasons. So why not just go into like a section of it that doesn't travel? Like if you are so against it, like I think I felt like if I was so against, I mean, granted, you can't always choose where you're like choose where you're stationed, but you can choose what you study. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so like, it's like, yes, yeah, some people on the ship, but not everyone on the ship is going to be someone who goes off the ship to away missions and do, and does the dangerous things. There, there are roles within it that you could have like, okay, I'm going to leave the section that requires me to be in danger and just like stay aboard and do like medical or like, um, what was it that, uh, the brother did that he was a zoo zoologist or whatever. He just stayed on the mm-hmm. ship and studied things. So it's like, there's ways of getting, like, if you did not want to be a part of, like, the fight, why fight? But trauma is different for everyone. It, it, it comes out differently for everyone. But for me, it's like, Marina, you, writers, are you just making up stuff at this point? Because what's going on? <laughs> right. Well, she seemed to double her anxiety or her interest in being even more aggressive once she found out that her mother planned this this side quest yes right and then also like boimer complained about a stick being in a shoe and like so (laughs) she was like i can't stay with these two (laughs) she needed her own (laughs) agenda um and mission to save today yeah i just need uh i I need this one to stick because i can't do this again i can't have i can't have her come i really thought in like season three like right before the whole um, Texas class thing happened, that when she was talking about her ship, that she was really truly having her come to Jesus moment and this was over. And I just, I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to go through another, get your life together. I'm this way because I'm just, I'm just, I'm crazy. I'm like this. This is how I do things. I really just had a really bad childhood. That's why I act the way that I act. Like, can we just, Make one stick, please. Just make one stick, because I, I this whiplash is killing me. Um, but going over into uh, Captain Freeman's story, I have to admit, I was about to shake the crap out of her too. I was like, "What are we doing? What is this like hubris? What is this cockiness? What is this? What are we doing, Captain Freeman? What are we doing? Why are you acting this way?" Um, we see that they are going to this like outlaw planet to get some information on where one of the um, missing Starfleet, like, higher-ups are. Um, Lorca, Lorco, Nicholas. Nick. Um, Nick. (laughs) And it seems like everything that she was doing wasn't working because she was going in with, like, the mindset that Starfleet was respected. Only it turns out that, like, everything that she did was on purpose, so that way they would lower their guard when it came to other people and trying to show off. So I was like, okay, at the end of it, I was like, okay, yes, I'm I'm glad. Thank you for like, there was a point to this. Cause I was like, look, your daughter's going crazy and you're going crazy too in the same episode. We can't do this. My mind can't take this. Both of you at the same time, I'm about to go crazy. <laughs> what did you think of her storyline? Uh, she was playing dumb and uh, she had a scheme the whole time. So the nice thing is um, engineer Billford um was under disguise as a or billup 
engineer Billet was under disguise as like a bounty hunter and was able to get into places that we thought that she didn't know that she could get into, but end up being that she knew the whole time that wearing their Starfleet uniforms, they wouldn't be able to get some of the intel that they needed to find out more about Nick. And so that's when I started to dig in further to find out, like, why are they going after Nick compared to uh, Dr. Crusher and uh, all these other prestigious features? people who seem to be more important upper deckers <laughs> compared to who we find out with Nick, who was also a lower decker, but was like a rogue ex Starfleet pilot. Um, it was. Okay. So yeah, cause it's very interesting. I, well, I have to say what well, this episode reminded me of the Ferengi planet, but like in reverse, which is why her actions were like, shocking me because it seemed like she was acting like the admiral or the other captain who was like came in thinking like they knew everything they could do everything and then people were just like basically knocking them down so i was very happy that she was like i was using their bias against against um against them which thankfully because i was just like again captain freeman i can't take you and your daughter being crazy in the same episode i just can't i mentally i'm gonna die um it was interesting though I like how they didn't, I feel like Shax knew, but Rutherford didn't. And I feel like it was so that way his reaction would be real to like what was going on. Um, because Rutherford was like, no, that's not a puppet. And his organs and everything, stop shaking him. <laughs> it was just like, oh, okay. Um, Captain Freeman, have you gone crazy? Like what is going on? Um, and it reminded me of when the captain was dancing for the Ferengi. It's just like, at what level does this stop? Like, when are we going to get it together? So I just thought that was hilarious. Um, but then we see a way that both of these both of these um, A and B stories come together. Um, because as they get the information for Nick, because Billups, great undercover bounty hunter, uh, um, they find the, the location of Nick and they hid there. And they are trying to say, hey, we're Starfleet, we're here to protect you. But Rutherford makes a huge discovery that Nick is the one who created the ship or built the ship that has been capturing all the other Starfleet um, people. Um, it's not Starfleet people, all the other ships. And we also see that with, with Beckett, where her story is, that when all the other leaders of the different ships are fighting and like going to battle, she wants to use her words to be like, hey guys, let's work together to like fix this station so we can get like a whole signal out um, and while she does that, she goes missing. Like she's transported out the moment she's trying to bring harmony to the group. Um, it was interesting. So I know it was very interesting to see Tendi use her like, I'm the mistress, the winner, the uh, winner, mistress of the constellation, something like that, whatever her title is, to stop the Orions from um, attacking other uh, Starfleet members. Um, and we see that those leaders now are working together to get onto the bird of prey to stop the Klingons, who we think is the people who are behind it at this moment but it's not, it's really Nicholas. And then Mariner is on that ship and she wakes up and she's like, I need to get out of here. And Nick is there. And he's like, we're going to cause some trouble. And so I'm a little confused. I'm like, what's going on? Because the one that means Mariner knows him because she called him Nick. She didn't call him Nicholas. She didn't call him by his last name. So they are friends. They are, they know each other. That's the one thing. Two. 
why did he leave everyone on those ships? And where's the rest of the members? Like, where's the other people who were on that ship? Like, we know that we know that they had a mutiny and they turned off their transponder or whatever, but where are they? Like, how come no one has found them again? How come they haven't like checked in? What is going on? I am very confused. Your thoughts on the tying of the ends. Perhaps Nick just has the blueprints as he's researching this as well. Um, he is a hired pilot, so I don't know. And maybe he's on a quest to find out more as well. But maybe he didn't build it. No. He was on the ship. When Mariner woke up, like the scene, he she that was, was the that was that ship. Yeah, oh. that was that ship. He, oh no, he's on the ship. Like he, okay, yeah. So I started thinking that the the planet where like they where Tendi Boimer and like all the other I don't know representatives with. All the other kidnapped people. <laughs> I started to think that that was more like a Noah's Ark. Like there was like different people from different races. And I was wondering why they were collecting them together. Um, I don't know if that's like some sort of like um, kidnapping um, to get attention. Why he's going about doing. Th- it's it's just interesting. Um, and this seems to be more about like. Um, fighting over resources there and that they should be working together. I don't know if there's an underlying message with Nick um, because normally he has good intentions, but sometimes his execution is not correct. And I, he reminds me a lot of a Han Solo um, from another franchise, Star Wars, which I need to also mention that the scenes where Captain Freeman was on that planet, that reminded me very much of like Star Wars. And also trying to get to land on that planet felt very much like Star Wars. And so um, I don't know. I'm I'm getting these sort of vibes that maybe there's there's intentions within getting groups together to communicate. I don't know. I'm so confused. I need to watch this next episode. I need to know what's going to happen because I like I don't know. The Noah's Ark thing seems very interesting because, like, is there? Um, it reminds me of from another space show, Futurama. Um, like, there was this like whale or thing that would, um, when something was the last of a species, it would come and pick it up and like preserve it. So, like, no species would ever go extinct or something like that. Um, and I was that Futurama? I think it is. I might be mixing up shows, but it made me think maybe he is doing something like that. He's like, he's saving certain species because what is he about to do? And he's putting them on a planet that's inhabitable. Um, so, huh. Though, I mean, granted, there were probably male Orions on the ship that just sort of left or left. It was like, I mean, to, to be honest, like, unless space is gone, we, we do need a male and a female to continue and that as for some of the races there was either two males or was two females of the same race so unless we want to do multicultural (laughs) unless all these kids are going to be multicultural (laughs) but it's very interesting that is a good i'm 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 sort of hoping it's like a noah noah's art type thing 
because I'm interested now. All I know for sure is a galactic kidnapping scheme led by, as far as we know right now, an ex-Starfleet junior grade lieutenant. <laughs> Similar <laughs> to where Mariner was, so like a Mariner peer. Mm-hmm. And um, he wants her to be involved in this scheme. Oops, I'm sorry. So... Okay, people, let us know what you think. Where do you think this is going? Because we have one more episode before we are at our season finale. And, oh, sorry, our next episode is a season finale. (laughs) Um, And I'm very curious to see where this episode is going. Like, what's going to happen? Because this was, I think, Lower Decks, one of Lower Decks' few, I think, no, this is Lower Decks' only, like, season-long mystery. And so... Because you have animation, because you have no limit to what you can draw, I'm really hoping that this end is amazing. Um, And they're not just talking to people through math. You know who I'm talking about. (laughs) Discovery. Yeah. (laughs) I just... This is why I'm not really a fan of season arcs, because it's very hard. Like, you have this huge buildup, and if the end does not justify the beginning, I just wasted my time. So please, please let this next episode be good. Any final thoughts before we sign off? Yes. The opening scene reminded me a lot of Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Boimer to Lynn and Marilyn Mariner, who is like, a, it's been like a Shiro this, um, the last few episodes, um, was trying to restore things on a power relay station. I just want to say those lizards, I knew that they could overcome that. That wasn't like Moopsie. Moopsie was so much better because I like, I was like, I felt a little vested into Moopsie. And then like, it's always the quiet ones that come out and like just eat your lives. So (laughs) I just wanted to circle back to that opening scene and um, how that was really setting the stage for Mariner's uh, sense of wanting to, um, uh, save everything and everyone. The doctor, my final thought is going to be about the doctor who was there, who's like the moment the fence was down, he was afraid because he understood. People, look at me, look at me. Wild animals are wild animals. Animals are animals. It does not matter how much you study them, how much you love them, how cute you think they are. They can kill you. Have respect for that fact that they are not adorable creatures. Because if, if this first episode taught, if this uh, beginning of this episode taught you anything, someone who spent his entire life studying those birds, he said he has a romantic uh, study ship or whatever it was called with those birds. The moment that fence went down, he had a healthy amount of fear because he understood those things will kill. Wild animals are wild animals. <laughs> Don't trust them. But as always, I'm Andrea. And I'm Monika. And live long and prosper. Hi, it's Monika again. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Trek It Beyond. This week's podcast was sponsored by the subscribe button. By using the subscribe button, you will receive notifications when new episodes of Trek It Beyond are released. 
and your podcast app will add the episode to your playlist. Best of all, the service is free. Try it out. Subscribe to Trekking and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast.